But James chapter 1 and verse 12, it says, Blessed is the man that endureth. Everybody say temptation. Nobody likes that word. Y'all are in youth church tonight. I'm just going to try and act like I'm in the other room. For when he is tried, that blessed man that endureth temptation, when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life. It's a good crown. Which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. But verse 13, what does it say? Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin. The sin is not temptation. The sin is the commitment to the temptation. When it is finished, bringeth forth death. Death. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 21. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 21. Brother Craig's already there, I'm sure. We like this scripture. I really like this scripture. I'm going to need some class participation on this one. For all the promises of God in him are yea. Everybody say yay. Okay, let's try this again. Here we go. For all the promises of God in him are yay. And in him. Somebody say yay. Somebody say amen. Unto the glory of God by us. Now he which established us with you in Christ and hath anointed. He which established us with you in Christ and hath anointed us is God. Temptation does not come from God, but anointing does. Aren't you glad that he didn't just establish you in the church, but he gave you the power to live in victory? The anointing to accomplish his will in your life and through your life. Tonight, I'll try to make sense of the title, but I want to preach to you guys from this title, What Temptation and Anointing Have in Common. What Temptation and Anointing Have in Common. If it's your first time here, we believe in the power of the name of Jesus. Yesterday, I had the privilege of sitting in a Peace Heaven Club with a young man on this front row that was standing in front of about 15 other students from his high school. And he began to declare that whenever we call on the name of Jesus, things change. He can do that in his high school, and those kids that don't really know him can call on his name. Do you think we could do that for just a few moments right now? Jesus, we call on your name right now. 
We pray, God, that your hand would be upon the next few minutes of this service. I pray, Lord, that as I deliver your already anointed word and I am speaking on the topic of anointing, I pray, God, that you would speak through me. Let your spirit lead me and guide me, God. I pray that every heart and every mind that walk through the doors of the Refuge Church or perhaps listening to this message online, I pray that you would open hearts and minds to your word. Let us not leave this service, this sermon, this time in your word the same way that we came in, but we will give you glory and honor for all that you do in every way that you speak to us. Oh, somebody clap your hands unto the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you, Brother Misa, for helping lead the team tonight in worship. Our media team, thank you guys so much for all that you do. I will do my best every time I preach to say that right there. Because you guys do so much and... Uh, the service wouldn't be the same without you. We're so thankful for it. The only time people look at you is when something wrong. So, giving them the chance right now to be like, man, you're great. <laughs> Amen. I was really contemplating how to start this. Since their youth, they love hearing all about this topic of relationships. But we're going to act like the youth are not here for just a couple minutes. And how many of you, whether you will admit it or not, back in the day, you might have had what they would call commitment issues. I was talking to Sister Claire about this earlier today, and I was like, how should I talk about this? And I kind of jokingly was like, yeah, Sister, she said, tell a story about us. I'm like, what do you mean? I'm like, okay, I'll go ahead. Sister Claire had commitment issues. She goes, no, you're the one that had commitment issues. So I'll put myself under the bus. I am so glad I am married. I am so glad that that process of like figuring out who I'm going to marry and who I'm going to commit the rest of my life to. And the only way I'm getting out of it is sin. And that's not an option. Amen? That's stressful. And most of my conversations with these young... Anyways. And before me and Sister Claire were dating, we were friends. We were best friends, which means every time... Every time I was contemplating whether or not, you know, should, should I ask this girl out? Well, I went on a date with her and it was horrible. I don't, you know, maybe I should, what? She kind of had this opinion that I had major commitment issues, but I was like, if an investment's not going anywhere, why I keep going? Oh my. Commitment issues. One of the things that the devil doesn't like, that it just so happens the God of creation that is as opposite of the devil as possible, that they both do not like, is people with commitment issues. On one hand, you have the devil that 
in everything he tries to do, he does not want you to commit to the things of God. He wants you to commit to the temptation that you're dealing with. But he wants you to stick with it. He wants to take you as far as possible so that you feel like there's no point of return. And on the other hand, the God of glory, the Savior of the world, because He sees in you the potential to carry the anointing He has for you, He cannot stand whenever we have commitment issues. Commitment issues. <laughs> Every commitment has a consequence. Ask Eve and Adam. Ask David and Bathsheba. Ask Samson and Delilah. Ask Peter and his denial. Ask Judas and his 30 piece of silver reward. Ask the prodigal son and his pig slop. Ask Rahab and her reputation. There is a moment when you're standing at the threshold of what is godly and ungodly. And temptation is whispering in your ear, just commit. Commit. Because Colton, just a little commitment won't hurt. That's the whisper in your ear from the voice of the enemy of your soul. Just a little commitment to that temptation won't hurt. Just a little commitment, Eve. Just a little commitment, Peter. Just a little commitment, prodigal. You're... Commitment on Sunday and Wednesday to God and the things of God, that's, that's too much. We don't necessarily need that, but you can go ahead and keep it. Just commit a little of that prayer time throughout the week and go ahead and commit that time to this, this video. Just commit a little bit of that time in the Word to social media. The temptation... is not the sin. It's the commitment to that temptation. I hope you're with me tonight. That lie that the enemy would like to whisper into your ear. <laughs> and some of you, old and young, you can remember hearing this voice. Perhaps even hearing it recently, come on, young man. Just a little bit of commitment to that ungodly conversation for a couple minutes. Come on, young lady, just a little bit of commitment to those thoughts of self-harm and worthlessness. Come on, young person, log into that website one more time. No one has to know. What is it going to do? You can leave it right there. It'll be okay. Just commit to sending that message, that picture, that video. Just commit. Because, young lady, surely if you commit to that ungodly boy without restriction in your life, he will purely commit to you with restriction. Just a little commitment. It'll be okay. Surely, young man, you're a nice guy and you've got self-control. If you commit to that ungodly girl without restriction, she will purely commit to you 
with prescription. Just a little commitment can't hurt. Temptation requires of you commitment. Because temptation with commitment equals sin. It's all right for you to refuse to meet the requirements. Every single one of us in this room, it's okay for you to decide tonight, I'm not going to meet the requirements of the enemy of my soul. Because his requirement is that you give in to the temptation. His requirement is that you be average just like everybody else. So you can blend in and it's just a little sin. Everybody does it. But God has placed in his word example after example after example that a little commitment to temptation goes a long way. Just a little commitment to sin will always take you farther than you ever expected. Just a little commitment to sin will always take you farther than you expected. I wish somebody tonight would just remember somebody that you might have come through a thing or two and you're living faithfully for the Lord and you would remember the things that you committed your life to that brought back no eternal return towards heaven. And if you could look back at that 13, 14, 15, 16-year-old self of yours, you would say... Don't commit to that. So my challenge to parents in this room, why would you let your kids make the same mistakes? Please, I'm begging you. Don't let me be the only one that stands in the gap for them. Please be the kind of parent and the kind of adult. I don't care if you've got a child in this youth group or not. If you are of the age and mature, I pray that you would pray over these young people because the things I had to feel yesterday when I walked into that school, they're a lot different than what I felt when I entered into high school 10 years ago. You can ask Adam, you can ask Eve. David, Bathsheba, Samson, Delilah, Peter, and his denial, the list goes on. You can ask them where their commitment to temptation took them. And I guarantee you, every single one of them would say that their commitment took them farther than they ever expected it to. <laughs> but just as much as I can hear that, that small voice of the enemy in my life trying to tell me to give in to the temptation. I can hear the voice of an almighty, all-powerful, wonderful God speaking in power and glory. And He's saying just as much as a little commitment to temptation will take you farther than you ever expected. A little commitment to my anointing will take you even farther. Commitment to leading and guiding of the Holy Ghost will take you farther than you can ever imagine. Just as much as it is a battle for you against that temptation, you must fight the battle to be anointed. 
So you might be wondering tonight, and I would, I would ask you to ask yourself the exact same question. What is anointing for this New Testament church? What is anointing? Is it within the eight or nine squares on this platform? Is it something that is confined to a position in a church that once you meet a certain level of responsibility of tasks and once you've preached a couple dozen times, you reach anointing? I don't believe so. It is not something that is restricted by age or by demographic. If you don't hear anything else tonight, hear these words that I will never forget that I heard a preacher say. If you're old enough to be tempted, you're old enough to be anointed. We know what temptation is because that's the battle we always fight. But what is anointing in the day-to-day life? What is anointing? I believe that it is that which helps lead and guide us through the power of God's Spirit. That gives you strength to do things you cannot do on your own. It is that anointing of God that whenever you are having a conversation with a friend or a co-worker and the presence of God steps into that place that God begins to place things on your heart and on your mind that they need to hear right then and there. Notice how I haven't mentioned how anointing plays out in the church because I believe anointing is just as powerful outside of the walls of this church as it is in this church. For those of you that might be a little confused, perhaps you're new here. We're so, so glad that you're here. We believe that God fills us with His Spirit. Just as he did on the day of Pentecost, he poured out his spirit. And it was evidenced by those speaking in languages that they did not know. That is how God chose to do. He chose to use what the Bible says is the most unruly part of the body, which is the tongue. You ever had a problem holding your tongue? My mom knows I did. It is through that spirit that the anointing of the Lord can rest upon. Psalm chapter 20 and verse 6. It says, and I don't plan on being too much longer tonight. Now know I that the Lord saveth His anointed. It's good to be anointed. He will hear Him from his holy heaven. With the saving strength of his right hand. 
I am so glad that he saved me. I am so glad that he chose to allow every single one of us to be filled with his spirit. I am so glad that There are people in this room that chose to trade in your commitment to temptation for a commitment to the anointing. Commitment issues. At this church, we do not just have an anointed pastor, which we do. At this church, it's not just... Somebody that has a good sermon and a team that has really great lights. And I promise you, we don't really have a clue what we're doing back there. I, if you want to try, it, that's pretty much how we feel every, every service. But we're getting there. A little different than a gym. It's not just about the person that gets up here and gives a good sermon and makes you feel good. It's just not the kind of church that we are because we believe that if the power of God is real and the spirit of the Lord is real, and we can leave here changed. And we believe that if God fills somebody with his spirit and anoints them, gives them power to fulfill the will of God for their lives, that means somebody else can be a I'm very glad that on the list of anointed, spirit-filled, spirit-led people in this church, we have anointed Sunday school teachers. We have anointed worship leaders. We have anointed musicians. We have anointed ushers and greeters because they believe and they know that they could be the first person somebody ever meets that's filled with the Spirit. At this church, we don't just have those on the list of anointed. But we have anointed mothers and anointed fathers. We have anointed youth and anointed children. Because if you can be tempted, you can be anointed. This church believes in the leading of the Spirit of God because... God is not dead. Luke chapter 4 and verse 18. Brother Craig? Oh. It says that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised. <laughs> hey, Adam. Hey, 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 <laughs> I was just reading the words of Jesus. Right here. Uh, maybe, maybe, let, me, let me read it again. Okay. 
okay. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, the recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised. Yeah, yeah, okay. Adam, Eve, hey, hey. It sounds like the anointing is greater than your regret. Yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, Judas. Judas. <laughs> I know, I know it's been, it's been hard. I, I, I know, but I was just reading the words of Jesus, and it, it sounds like the anointing is greater than your reward. <laughs> yeah, the 30 pieces of silver, it's, it's better than that. <laughs> Prodigal. The one, I, I know you're out there. I, I, I know you're out there. We miss you. I don't know if you heard when you were here. Maybe you're, maybe you're sitting, sitting somewhere that you don't really want to be and it's not exactly what you thought it would and your commitment to temptation took you way farther than you ever thought it would. Prodigal, I was just reading the words of Jesus and guess what? The anointing is worth your return. I said the anointing is worth your return. The Spirit of God and the leading of the Spirit is worth coming back to. <laughs> How many do you know that maybe you expected them to be here Sunday? That this new youth pastor's never even met. He's probably spent more time investing in this church than I have. But somewhere along the road they left. Young people. Who do you remember that used to sit in the youth group with you? Who gave in and committed to temptation more than the anointing? They made the wrong decision, but it's time for you to go out there and tell them. Just come on home. Just come on home. It's all right. It's okay. Come on home. We're not going to judge you for the way you look when you walk in here. We're not going to judge you for the things that have happened. But I believe that there are going to be people that come into this church that were once living with the Lord and walking with the Lord. And somewhere along the way, they may have gotten off track and gotten off the path. But the anointing is worth coming back for. Because anointing will help you do what you can't do on your own. Oh, I feel the presence of God in this place. 
It is worth your return if you would just commit a little. Commit to what God desires to do through your life. As the scripture read, He will heal your broken heart. He will deliver you out of the captivity temptation got you into. He will bring sight to your blindness. (laughs) You and I, we just need some commitment in the right direction because you're committing somewhere. That's what happens when you commit to the anointing that God has for your life, the strength by His Spirit to fulfill the will of God for your life. It'll heal the broken heart, deliver those in captivity. It'll bring sight to the blind. It'll be what you need. I didn't say what you want him to be. If you'd stand with me. Mm. I know I've preached heavy tonight. But when you break it down, it's a decision of your commitment. It's a decision. And just as I heard a different wise young man tell me, You can bring the horse to the water, but you can't make him drink. And young people, your parents, they bring you here. There might be some parents in this place that you come because you want your kids in church. But you're here too. We're at the water. And are you thirsty? Because if you were in the flesh, you'd go ahead and drink. And in the spirit, the same thing is happening with some of us in this room. That we are right there. And God's saying, I want you to make a decision. It's time to change where your commitment is at. Because I promise you, whenever you commit to the anointing, you're... Your homework tonight is to look at 2 Samuel chapter 1 and verse 21 and find out why that is one of the most heartbreaking passages in the Bible. It says as though he had not been anointed. Next Wednesday, young people, I want you to tell me what that scripture is all about. We might have to talk about it. Don't let it be said of you. If you're old enough to be tempted, you're old enough to be anointed. If you're valuable enough to the devil to be tempted, you're valuable enough to God to be anointed. Amen. Hallelujah. There's only 
toothpicks that run to and fro upon the earth. The greatest message I've ever heard on this was by Brother Walker. Those two things are the devil and the eyes of the Lord. So you're telling me that the devil physically runs to and fro. I mean, he, he's running to and fro. The entire time, God's just like, so when people tell me the devil made me do it, I don't believe you. Then he had to run directly to you and single you out and make you do that thing that you were tempted by. That thing that your flesh as a man was tempted by. No, you were just committed in the wrong place. But the beautiful thing about these two things that run to and fro from the earth, and if I understand it right, maybe I don't, is that if the devil runs to and fro upon the earth, and the eyes of the Lord are the other thing that run to and fro from the earth, that tells me that God saw you before the devil ever got to you. That tells me that the anointing of the Lord could rest upon you before the devil ever gets to you. Before the attack of the enemy upon your family, upon your home, upon the things that you're trying to get through ever came to you. If you would just commit to the anointing, the spirit, the leading of the Lord in your home and in your family, in your school, in your life, I believe God will protect you. Because Psalm 20 and verse 6, Now know I that the Lord saveth his anointed. You're committed somewhere. On God's long list of those that are committed to his spirit and his anointing and the leading and guiding of his spirit. Are you on the list? I want to get on the list while I still have time. And that anointing that will rest upon your life will help you to get others on that list too. If you would, just close your eyes and lift your hands with me right now. Lord, oh, I pray that something, God, from this sermon tonight touched somebody's mind and somebody's heart that they would make the decision <laughs> that there would be <laughs> there would be a young person tonight that might might have committed too much to temptation and 
They're in the slop. They're in the mess. And they don't feel like they can come back to anointing. There might be family members in a home somewhere in the Quad Cities. But tonight, let them feel the prayers of an anointed church. Come on, church, are we anointed? Are we spirit-led? Do we believe that if we decide to commit to the anointing of the Lord, He hears our cry, He will heal our land? Do we believe it? If you do, I would ask that you would begin to pray like you believe it. Come on, God saw you before this situation ever came. God saw you before you ever had to deal with the temptation. <laughs> I commit. <laughs> I commit. How bad do we want to be an anointed church? Refuge youth, are you going to be different in the statistics of youth groups? According to those numbers, I might see one or two of you in heaven. God desires to minister mightily through this church. It's going to require a people committed to the leading of His Spirit. I don't know about you, but I want to be one of them. I want to be one of them. What a powerful presence of God we feel in this house. If it's appropriate, I'm going to ask if you would just connect with the person next to you. We're, we're about to dismiss. The greatest thing that you will realize 
about your commitment to temptation is that it's also a commitment to isolation. But whenever you commit to the anointing, you're committing to the power and the body of Christ. You are not alone. <laughs> there is a people that love the body of Christ. And as we close here tonight, I would ask that we would just pray one for another. If that person on my left, that person on my right, I'm not going to let them, I'm not going to let them walk in temptation. I'm not going to let them walk in their commitment to fulfilling that temptation, but I will walk in anointing with them. I will walk led by the Spirit of God. Parents, if your spouse is here, this is a good time to pray with your spouse. That you're going to lead your family. You're going to lead these young people. You're going to lead the kids in your home by the anointing of the Lord. I know you think you can do it, but things are getting rough. Things are getting hard, and the Lord is coming back. We've got to lead by the power and in the will of the Holy Ghost. Oh, let's continue to pray. Yeah, 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 yeah